0: Hello,
1: hello, and welcome once again to the Ashy Knuckles Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Woods, my boy, Mosey P. What's no up, Mark- what's up? No Marky G today, but let's get it. Got the sniffles. <laughs> Dynamic duo only tonight. We got a lot to talk about, Mo.
2: A lot's happened in the past week in the and world a lot- of MMA. And a lot's coming. This
1: week in the world of MMA. So we can just jump right into last week's last week's action. We had Kevin Holland and Derek Brunson facing off in a middleweight tilt. Very, very interesting because uh, somebody on this show predicted how this would go, go down, and it went down exactly like that.
2: It, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, uh, Holland didn't knock him out though. Yeah. No. no, he did get taken down at, at will. Like he got scooped constantly.
1: It was, I didn't expect. Okay. So look, I had, it. I my prediction was, um, I had Kevin Holland winning via knockout. Um, he was able, Kevin was able to hurt Derek, but he wasn't able to put him away. He did and, hurt him on the feet a lot. Yeah. So i I don't think um, I don't think it was more. I don't, I really don't believe it was Holland losing the fight as much it was as it was Brunson just looking really good. He's been the uh the hype
2: train derailer as of late.
1: Yeah, man. He snuffed out Shabazzian, mm-hmm. and now Holland. So, he's making he's making some noise, man. Uh, and he called out Paulo Costa. Oh,
2: man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Look, I'm going to get into why I think Brunson looks so good. He, I know how he can win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Brunson got power. First of all, he has a lot of power. That's he one thing. Power. He has the power to knock out anybody. Um, his Achilles' heel has like has always been his chin and literally de- just this defense and how he rushes forward with his chin straight up. Other than that, he's Derek's. Derek's a top tier um, middleweight for sure. He turned that, it around. That's a that's a really big hole to fill. And I guess tr- changing camps. Um and refocusing on defense as has paid dividends in this new uh, two fight win streaks uh, you know over these two contenders. He's looking good, man. Like I I watched the fight and um to the casual fan it was a little boring because there was a lot of grappling, a lot of um time spent in the grind. And look, when you got two top tier contenders Oftentimes you're gonna get stalemates. It's just gonna happen. You're gonna have a lot of lulls in action. Um both guys respect each other's power, both guys respect each other's skill set, and somebody has to win. So sometimes you get fights where it's just a grind fest where you have not a lot of action, but to the pure fans, it was a beautiful display of control and technique by Brunson, and I'm one of those pure fans. I got to give Brunson a shout-out for um, executing the game plan and coming away with the dub. He did his thing.
2: And he jumped up uh, three spots in the rankings as well. Mm. He's number four now. Right, right. I think he deserves it. Yeah, he's number four. So, Pending on uh, Till and Vittori... I don't know how long he'll maintain that spot.
1: That's true. Um, That's a, that, that Till Vittori match has some title fight implications on it. So who knows? The loser could drop pretty deep, but the winner could catapult right to the title shot. That that's probably gonna, depending on the
2: methods of victory between that fight and then the Whitaker and the,
1: Gastelum fight? I think that fight has... There's no way that can be a boring fight. <laughs> I can't see Gastelum or Whitaker putting on a snooze. It's one of
2: those fights. I, I don't think it could be boring.
1: Vittori, the Vittorian till fight could be uh, grapple-heavy. Vittorian yeah. can wrestle. And, you yeah. know, he, and I'm not sure if he wants to just stand and go at it with Till. So. He wants respect, though. Either one of those four guys, they have to make an impression to get the nod. Because, like, the, like, like, there's no clear cut title. I mean, clear cut guy who deserves a shot at uh, Israel Adesanya right now. So these guys got a chance to, you know, make their case. They sure. all got a shot. So I'm going to give my thoughts on quickly on Kevin Holland, though. I, now going into the, the Holland versus Brunson main event, I really thought Kevin Holland was going to emerge as that new contender for Adesanya. that that guy who would just put himself above the rest of the title contenders for so many I have a couple reasons, but here's the, the, the main two reasons that I have from my thoughts on that. one it's. He's new blood in the division. Uh, he doesn't, I mean, you know, up till right, up till now, you know, he was on this long winning streak and he has the striking prowess and the reach to be able to deal with some of the advantages that Adesanya presents. I thought that would give him a leg up. He may have needed maybe another win, but if he comes out there, knocks Brunson out, gets on the mic and talks a little bit of shit. Who knows? So, I, I think that him performing, I don't really believe uh, Kevin performed poorly. I just think we don't give Brunson enough credit for his wrestling credentials. I mean, dude is an All-American. I mean, I mean, he's a top-tier D1, D2 competitor as far as wrestling was concerned in his um, amateur career. Not his. I mean, his UFC career. He hasn't shown much of his um wrestling prowess. He's been most of his wins come by knockout. Um, but he seems to be getting back to his roots, and he looked damn good. Kevin has some holes. Um, He has some holes. You can't look. I like the shit talk. I love the in in the fight trash talk and all that stuff, but. You gotta work. He has to work on his ability to get back up. That look it, it looked eerily similar to how Izzy lost to Blahovich.
2: Yeah, yeah, very similar. Like almost like well, not identical, but it was almost it the same fight.
1: Weirdly similar. It was just look these these tall, slim, rangy middleweights. If they can keep the distance and set their shots up, you see they can put guys away. We've seen that. I well, know uh,
2: Holland weighed in at 183.
0: Ooh.
1: So he was way lighter. Oh, yeah. Bronson. And Brunson cuts, so you know. Yeah. He ain't nowhere near 185. He's probably close to. T15, if, any, if anything like that. Like, like I don't
2: even know if uh, Holland cut weight. You know what I'm saying?
1: I listen to him on Rogan and he has a kind of devil-may-care attitude toward it. Like It's like, he doesn't really sound like he's ready for... He doesn't have that championship mentality right now. He's just having fun.
2: Yeah, he looks like he has a lot of fun in the cage. He,
1: yeah, like well, he's playing a real life video game. <laughs> that's what he looks.
2: Right.
1: Like. He, he seemed I mean, it's it's kind of. I don't know if. I mean, look, it's his career. So who the fuck am, Are we to say like you're doing it wrong? But he, that's a huge opportunity in front. That you know you if you don't. I was listening to his, him talk about his diet and his training habits. He doesn't do anything that the top guys. Do as far as like mental coaching, he doesn't do anything as far as recovery. Um, he does the bare minimum when it comes to like nutrition. like he eats like shit, basically, um, and he's, yeah, so it's, I, I was listening to it. I'm thinking like, yeah, man, that's you can only get by so long on just talent, man. You have to have the discipline to do the work to be a champion. Like champions aren't. It's not by accident, bro. Like, you got to put in the work. He had
2: all the right things uh, going his way if he would have won the fight Saturday. Oh, yeah. Because he had the, the flashy finishes, the highlights, and then he was entertaining on the microphone in the actual fight. So he missed his shot on that one.
1: Listen, listening to Derek talk, I mean, sorry, not Derek. My bad, Brunson. Listening to Kevin talk, Kevin um, sounds like he just wants to fight. Period. Like he has more that I guess Derek Lewis mentality, where he's like not chasing the strap, he's not chasing the belt. He just wants to fight and fight often. You and get if that, right, if that's the if that's the mentality, then I guess. He's going about it the right way, you know. Like he j- just get in there and then see what happens, and that's a that's more of an old school approach. But listen, you when you're competing with the top five guys, man, they're not. They're all they're dialed in, man. They're dialed in. You're not going to be able to beat them just off your physicality, just off how good of a fighter you are. You got to be prepared in every level um, of the way when it comes to mental game. Um, you're obviously your physical skill set and discipline and preparation. You got to be on point, bro. Oh, that shit is a wrap. Yeah, lose uh,
2: two, three in a row like that. He might be uh, cut.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Once you start going to the top and ascending to the top, you can only start. You can only fight top guys. You can't go back down. And the the way down is bumpy. Because <laughs> like you like you said, you lose two or three in a row. That's a wrap, man. They don't. Well, he lie. didn't
2: really uh, lose his spot because he was at ten, and he's like
0: he didn't go nowhere. So
1: very interesting variation very interesting that he didn't um, didn't drop further. Um, he got dominated in, in that in that matchup. There was times when. Kevin looked really good, especially in the stand-up game. He had Derek Brunson hurt often when it came to just the stand-up portion of the fight. However, this is mixed martial arts. You know, this ain't kickboxing. Like You, you got to be able to deal with the grappling. And if you can't solve that puzzle, and guys have tape on that, they see that you can't solve that puzzle, you have to keep proving it until you, know, you have to keep... Dealing with that same puzzle until you prove you can, you know, figure it out. And I don't know, man. It's, it's it takes a long time to cover the, the ground in grappling. It takes a long time. Um, and if you're not if you're not the kind of guy like like Kevin's not physically imposing, so he's gonna have to rely on technique, and that's yep. just gonna be dedication and time in the gym, time in the uh, in the wrestling room. And um, definitely got to take it serious. can't not give a fuck.
2: Yeah, I got the same opinion about that fight that you do. So, well, I guess we can move on to the next topic. A great topic.
1: The preview
2: of UFC 260. Oh, yeah. Where do you want
1: to start with that one? Man, normally I like to start right at the top. Let's start uh, at the top. When, I'm not going to. I'm gonna save the best for last because um, this is the best, in my opinion. In this, I mean, look when the big boys are when the when the heavyweights are going at it, that's when everything gets like. I mean, you can you can have a change of the baddest man on the planet. So let's start. Oh, let's start from the bottom. The bottom,
2: actually. Let's, wait. Start. let's uh, let's address the fact that. A fight on that card was removed due to COVID.
0: Ooh,
1: yeah. I was looking forward to that one. So was I. Yeah, Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega. That That's was a, a t- real t-
2: interesting one.
1: It was. And bro, the Brian's look good too. Um, in the past, um, look, I mean, it's that one fight though. He looked good in it. Yeah, in that one fight. I mean, he got. He had a pretty brutal war versus um, Max Holloway. And he by war, stuff. yeah, by war I mean his face went to war with Max's hands. <laughs> he blocked with his forehead.
2: Yeah, it wasn't that was that was the time? I think he went back to the drawing board and developed some skills though. Yeah. He looked solid against Zombie. <laughs>
1: Well that's one thing a loss can do for a fighter man. They can, when, you, when, you go, when you rip off a long winning streak, you can kind of forget that you can get beat. And I think guys tend to like, focus heavily on what was getting them the victory and not just building their overall game. But when you lose, you can, a lot especially the great ones, they take it as an opportunity for a lesson and then get better. He was
2: undefeated before he fought Max, right? You know what? I think, you, I think you're right on that. I think he was undefeated. And Volkanovski got yeah. one loss, right? Yep. Or like real early in his career. Oh, man, dude. I really think Ortega was going to win that fight. Some by a finish. I'm thinking submission. And he also got the power. I think he's he's got more power than Max, but his striking isn't. As sound and precise, you know. So, if Fokinovsky was pressuring him, he might have landed like a clean uppercut or something and knock, like, just knock him out, or drop yeah. him and then take his back, submit him. I hope that fight happens. It's gonna suck because it's gonna put the title on hold. Nah, he's uh, I think he's all right with uh. The COVID now. So they're going to rematch it? I mean, rebook
0: it? Yes. You- it's postponed. Oh, okay, okay.
1: That's cool. That's cool. Well, we can jump into uh, the, UFC, the, the UFC 260 preview. We got some Wanna good go- ones, man. Want to go with the top three fights? Yeah, let's start with Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. Sugar Show.
0: Back in action,
2: I mean, you got another chance to prove uh his worth again. I mean, I don't know how many times a guy that's
0: uh is he ranked?
3: Let's see here,
2: currently unranked. I don't know how many times a guy that's not ranked gets to be on pay per views.
0: It's, it's 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 um. Interesting about
1: Sean is he's really tall for the division. Very rangy for the band and weight division, very long and linky. He has the makings of a superstar. He definitely does. So he has like all the things that you want. He's charismatic, got the crazy rainbow hair, the face tattoos, all that stuff. So he's gonna be he can be easily marketed and easily um, promoted if he can pull off, if he can answer some questions about his game. And like, look, I like Sean. I think um, I I like anybody who get in there and, you know, finish fights. That's, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to see that walk off knockout that he had versus Eddie Wine was thinking, I think of beauty. It was, but he's going against a really talented young guy. Yes, he is. Um, Thomas Almeida, even though he, like we talked about before the cast, he, he hasn't been active. Um, but damn, he has, he can put you, he can put, he can put you away too. That guy has some power. Um, I'm excited for this one. Look, I was kind of, you know, teetering back and forth on how I think this fight was going to go. Sean's been struggling with some Sean O'Malley. has been struggling with some injuries.
2: His leg, man, something I don't know what's wrong with his leg, his ankle or whatever it is. He need to drink some milk or do something, strengthen Sh- up
1: those legs.
2: They gonna he, be coming
1: for him. They coming. I mean, look until he prove he can be, he can just lap, be durable, like and stay injury free. What well, the thing is, he has. That's his body style, though. He's a tall, lanky guy for Bantamweight, but that comes at a cost. He, you know, he doesn't have, a, you know, a lot of meat on his bones, so to speak. So it's a glass of cannon. That's what it's looking like so far in his career. He can put guys away, but can he stay healthy long enough to make a title run? And forget about Waves. Fuck title run. Can he make a run to the top five? Because Bantamweight is stocked full of. Yeah, that's a loaded division.
2: I think he joins the uh, top fifteen if he wins with a knockout. This is a good
0: opponent
1: too because yeah. um, Alme- Thomas Almeida is definitely going to be ready for action. I, I can't. I can't see this one being a snooze fest. Um, I can see Thomas um, using some of that, using some heavy grappling to kind of you know throw O'Malley off a little bit. But Thomas has the the ability to put the lights out with his hands, so it should be a it should be a banger. It's a three round fight. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm leaning O'Malley, but I think I'm going to bet Thomas Almeida.
2: According to uh, the UFC stats, he has a zero takedown average and a zero submission average. Almeida. That means he's, he has never attempted either one of those things. He's won by submission 18% out of all of his fights. But with no takedowns, so that means he's knocking you to the ground. It must have not been in the UFC then, if that's saying same. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It, that's
1: it pretty was- crazy. Yeah, that's, that's that's a crazy stat to be that lopsided. So this, I guess, it's gonna be a standing. Well, you know, it's it seems that it will be a standing bang type for like thing, but given O'Malley's reach and his length, I'm not sure of. I don't know. We, we, I guess we'll see. But like I said, I'm if O'Malley's a big betting favorite, which I expect him to be at least a two to one betting favorite. It might be a pick'em.
0: Yeah. If it's a, if it's a pick'em, then I'm gonna just go with I'm gonna just roll with O'Malley. If O'Malley's
1: a big favorite, two to one plus, I'm gonna take Thomas. I'm gonna take Thomas Almeida. I think um I feel like this fight should be a pick'em and it's basically a flip. But if I can get some odds on a flip, I'll take the the odds. I think matchup wise, this is a close one. I don't see anybody having a distinct, like a real big gap in it uh, or advantage in this one.
2: Yeah, I'm just watching it as a fan. No picks. You know,
1: I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna enjoy watching it as a fan. It just feels a little bit better at the end if you had something on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it does a little bit. All it right, just feels so a little bit worse. so this
2: next one we got. Tyron Woodley against Vicente Luque. Ooh, got some welterweight action. Well, uh, Luque's I mean, tough. Very,
0: very tough. He bringing it.
1: He's looked good, dude, The last, I mean, since he lost to Wonderboy, he's looked
2: really good. I believe he was on a streak before he
0: lost to Wonderboy, too. This is a very interesting matchup. Look, I'm going to start by talking about Woodley a little bit. Oh, yeah. He was on like a... Woodley went from being the
1: champ, the 170-pound champ, defending this title a couple times, and was in an argument for, you know, best welterweight of all time type stuff. You know, if he can keep defending. To man, 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 this dude hasn't won a round in like four fights. Three, three, three. Well, his last three fights was Kamaru Usman for the title, in which he got completely dismantled. Shut up. Next fight was versus Gilbert Burns, where he just got fucking throttled. Another shutout. And then we all know the third fight was against Kobe Covington. And Kobe was well on his way to shutting him out before the rib injury. Yep. And he looked like, he looked to me,
0: he looked like a guy who's not
1: interested in being in there. Like he looked like he was. Matched, overmatched. And that's crazy to think for a champion that he's overmatched against, you know, anybody. Did you see uh, during the fights
2: at times he would look up at the clock? Yeah. Crazy, thinking, right? Like,
1: yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? How do you go from being the top of the mountain, the best guy in the world at that division to look, He's only he's on the verge of if he loses to Vicente Luque,
0: that's four in a row, bro. And now we're talking about, like,
1: we're making our comments now.
2: I'm trying to think if there was ever somebody else that lost four in a row that stuck around, that got a, a, a one last chance. Pettis? Look,
1: with his history of being kind of a... He had a lot of... Tiffs with Dana and a lot of uh, negative stuff when he was champion. Man, I don't see much. If he, unless they just want to like continuously f- feed him to like top contenders, I don't see. Look, if he loses this fight, man, this this might be
2: it. I think this could be it. I mean, there's not really too many other contenders that he could fight if he loses again. That would make sense there's one but he's not a contender but he's a tough fight who Chemaev. oh he's uh targeted to fight Neil Magny in July
1: okay i i, mean, I know he's um his his team said he is good and after after all the covid scare he's back in it but i know he had an opponent in mind i know it's uh Did targeted you-, you know how they say targeted
2: okay okay they're trying to make it happen
1: one thing about Tyron, one that I like, only um, his ascent to the title, was he was ferocious as far as chasing, as far as finishing. Once he got you hurt, it was lights out. We know he's a Tyron wrestle. We know Tyron has the power to put anybody away with his right hand. Will he pull a trigger? That's the question we we keep asking. Because ever since. I would say, to, to me, the change in him from being that attacking, aggressive style was really when he fought Wonderboy the first time. He was very counter-heavy and very reliant on just that one shot. And he hasn't really changed since
0: then. And the results have been
1: boring at times. Damian Maia, and everything else has been pretty much, I mean, the only success he's had last win, it was the last win he had, it was against Darren Till. That was pretty impressive, though. That was very impressive. Because Darren is a, a, a legit middleweight who can probably be a 205er. So that was definitely impressive by Tyron. But man, I don't, I don't know, man. When it comes to, like we said about the same thing that we were talking about when it comes with Kevin Holland. If your heart's not all the way in it and you're doing this against guys who's all in, you have, it's going to be a tough road. I don't think Tyron has discipline issues when it comes to his diet or when it comes to training, but he's trying to do all kinds of other things outside of the UFC, outside of fighting, like rapping and acting and shit like that. You, you, you have a website right now? I am. Can you uh, do me a favor and look at his
2: profile picture? Tell me, does he look like he want to be there? Like, look oh. in his eyes. They say, why am I here? The one where he's, uh, the matchup stats? Uh, the one for the main card. No. You then, see it, right?
1: That looks like uh, a puppy who's about to go into the kennel. <laughs> Like I do not want to be in this fucking kennel
2: right now. I hope he gets that fire back though. I hope it, it's here now. Look, how old is Tyron now? Thirty? What? Four? Uh, Thirty-six? I think he's uh close to
1: forty. Okay. With with all the success he's had in his career, if he wants to continue fighting, obviously this is a big one for him. He has to be able to come back and at least look. I'm not saying it's a must win, but you gotta look good. If you lose, it better be something crazy where you know it's just a. It has to be a good, entertaining fight, and I can't think of that many fights that Tyron has been in in a losing effort that would say that, would suggest that. Where it's like an all-out war and he just got edged, but. I'm thinking, man. Nice. He has to come. Put he has to put if he wants to continue um his career and make another push for the for the championship. I would say it starts with a win over Vicente Luque. Um, and for Luque, for him to obviously continue his ascent and his title aspirations, this is a big one for him. It's a big step up. Step up in competition. I mean, you're fighting a former um, title contender, one of the best in the world, and. Yeah. Yeah, if he can get if he can get the win, it can propel Vicente into the top, into some fight some more some top five level competition, which we know the top five in welterweight is all championship material. Uh, He probably would. Maybe Leon Edwards.
0: That could happen. That could happen. Leon's still
1: pushing for a title, but I don't see it. I don't see him getting a title shot off of a um. No contest, so. I don't get why they don't try to book him against Kobe then. I think, I guess the the same thing we talked about last time we mentioned the top five. These guys, once they get to the top two or three, they're not willing to take fights that'll get them further away from a title shot. So they're just kind of turning, all these guys are turning fights down in hopes of getting just a title shot. Instead of staying active and winning and earning it, they just like, look, I got this platform. This is where I'm at currently. I haven't done anything to go down because I yeah. haven't. Done it. Okay. So they're basically just um, using politics to keep that spot. And that's a good matchup, though. I think that would be a
2: good one. I, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for it. Because Luke was on like a six fight win streak or something. And- he lost the Wonder Boy, but now he bounced back with, I think, two, two fights in a row. So
1: he's working his way back up again. Yeah. And look, if the silent assassin wants to make some noise in the welterweight division, he got to take care of business against Tyron Woodley. You got um, a falling star in Tyron Woodley. And I, I want to talk about this because I think it's important. Once you reach the pinnacle, of the sport. Once you reach the championship and now you're the champ and you you're the face of that division you're the guy who everyone has to go through to be the champion the
2: world down is brutal the world down is the best in the world. It would be a rematch if he fought uh, Edwards Okay. Yes.
1: Ooh. And I, I can assume that Edwards won that, given that he only lost to Usman. Yes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, look, this is why I give credit to a lot of the guys who, are, who maintain that title. Um, once they become champion, because once you, be, like I said, once you become champion, you're only fighting the best in the world. You can't get a tune up fight. You're not fighting nobody in the top 30. Everybody's the cream of the crop. Yeah, that's so what happened time Ron. Yeah, well, he's, you just, you mentioned earlier, his law, his, look at his four last four fights. The four best guys in the world.
2: He lost to one, two, three. In their division, literally, the champion, number one contender, and number two. To say he lost is a little
0: bit of an understatement, though. He got
1: the, he got dominated by one, two, and three, and that's that is what that's my plan I'm trying to make right now is it's really tough sell for me to think that you're going to be able to. Get back to the top. I mean, you got—it's not even competitive. Like you got dominated by the top three guys in the world, and you're the champ. You're the former champ. You know what I mean? I look. I listened to his uh, countdown interview, and I listened to some of the stuff he's saying, and it sounds like you know he's saying the right things. He's saying like, "Oh, you know, I got a rededication. I'm ready to go back at it." But I don't know, man. Like I think this might be the end of the road for him. He had Tyler had a great career. If he can bounce back uh, with a win, he can continue that career. But look, man, I I don't see that fire anymore. I see a guy who's probably transitioning into acting and and rapping. He always says that.
2: Yep. Every loss since Usman, he said. That. I like the guy. Like I. I love watching him fight, but he's just not the same guy he was three years
1: ago. Oh man, look, I mean time is not kind. And a fighter's career ages like milk. So I'm I'm cheering for the I'm cheering for the homie. I'm I'm a big i I'm a big Tyron Woodley fan. I'm hoping he comes out, knocks Vicente Luque out, and continues to move up, but I don't see it. I haven't seen it, and I'm not willing to put my money there. I will probably be taking Luke, especially if Woodley's a favorite.
0: Uh, Man.
2: That's another one, man. It's got to be like both minus 110.
1: Both of them. I don't know. I don't don't think so. I I can't see this being a flip. I mean, the skill set matchup is interesting. Very interesting, because, um, look, we know Tyron has the wrestling credentials. He can pull off some stuff, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. You want
0: to, you want to go right to the Big Coon?
2: Oh, the uh, biggest dog in the yard? Yeah, yeah. This is, a,
1: this is a highly, highly anticipated rematch in the UFC 260 main event. So we got Stipe Miocic or as well, Stiopic, I don't know what you want to call him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Immigrant mentality, heavyweight champion, baddest man on the planet. Um, He has the credentials, Stipe does, to possibly be the greatest heavyweight of all time. I mean, he's defended the title more than any heavyweight in history. And he's lost and won the title back, which is a true sign of a champion. The things that I gave Tyron, Woodsy, Tyron Woodley criticism for of, you know, losing and then obviously you got to face top competition, continuing to lose. Stipe lost and then won his title back and then won again for the same guy that took the title from him. Um. So his last three fights was all DC, but is the champ, and you the champ until you somebody takes
0: it
2: from you. And Steepa looks looks damn good. He's about to have three fights in a row that are all rematches. Yeah, literally. A lot of lot of same opponent.
1: Francis though. Uh, is definitely the scariest looking heavyweight outside of Derrick Lewis. Um, What do you mean by uh, their
2: performance in the octagon or looks? By looks,
1: Francis got it by a fucking mile. Yes. Francis got it by a mile. Francis looks like what you think a heavyweight fighter champion should look like. Yes, he looks exactly like an action figure you would draw up in a fucking anime or a cartoon, um, and his story is insane. Like, uh, coming from Cameroon and his path to um, just to get to America in general was like, is a story that's I don't know. It's, it just it, I don't see how there's such a difference in. Both Francis and Stipe's approach to fighting and approach to stardom, where Stipe tends to like shy away from the camera, and he's more workman like, more he's still a fireman even though he's the heavyweight champion. That's great, where, yeah. Francis embraces the the superstardom where he's he's driving Ferraris and partying up with like you know celebs and you know doing. Modeling, photo shoots, and all that type of thing, and they both have that like immigrant type background where they came from. Well, Stepe I guess, I guess first generation, but um, Francis could barely speak English when he came to UFC, and now he he sounds better than Stepe on the mic. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> sometimes Stipe,
2: he he sounds like he got CTE. But then other times he sounds normal. He don't sound like uh, Peter Griffin from uh, Family Guy.
1: You know, Stepe is the only dude that I swear like he doesn't look like it, but he needs the the ball, the bouncing ball, or captions. I'm like, what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> uh, oh man, it's an interesting. look really, really interesting rematch because in the first fight. We all know Francis um, famously came out and gassed pretty early in the first round of a five-round fight.
0: Yeah. He did
2: land some shots, though, on Stipe, which was pretty surprising. He did.
1: Stepe was able to, to roll with that. And one thing that gives me – I have a prediction for this one, and I have a pick. But one thing that gives me confidence in my pick is the result of that. Normally, when a a fighter gases in the
0: first round, they don't survive to the fifth.
1: Yeah, he survived. He made Uh, it. And that's a heavyweight. That's a heavyweight. We know Stipe Miochik has the power to put any heavyweight away. He put away Junior Dos Santos, he put away. DC. Gourmier. He was able to put away Alistair Overeem. He was able to put away um Fabricio Verdun. Back so, Yeah, we know he has power. We know Steve has the ability to um uh, put anybody away with his hands. He was not able to put away Francis Ngannou after we after Francis clearly was gassed. There was times in the in the second round, in the second round of a fucking title fight. Where this dude was just was like plodding forward, like his like he was wearing a, a backpack full of bricks. It didn't. It looked, it, didn't, it did not look like you know. You know how you get done with leg day on Wednesday, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you gotta try to walk on Thursday. That's how Francis looked in the third round. It looked like he had leg day the day before. Um, but he wasn't able to put him away, and that, to me that's a scary thought given the fact that that first fight between Stipe and Francis was on short notice. Um, Francis, I think he took the fight on, I want to say it was like four weeks notice, five weeks notice, something like that. And he, I think he completely overlooked Stipe. I think he didn't think that Stipe would be much of a challenge. He thought he'd just get rid of him in the first round and be this, this big superstar. He didn't take the fight as serious and as focused as he, he should have. And given the fact that Francis is very new to mixed martial arts, like he's only been doing this for like five years, um, I see this going a way different route. Uh, in, in, his, in Francis, his, previous, his fights after uh, the Derek Lewis fight, which was a complete smooth fest, Francis looked extremely impressive. And he's looking extremely oppressive against the kind of guys that you think would give him the worst matchup, and that's wrestlers. He knocked out Cain Velasquez and knocked out Curtis Blades, both two guys who are very wrestle-heavy and can present problems for anybody. Um, But the thing is, for me, and I want to hear your opinion on this, do you think there's been much change in Francis? I we haven't. We haven't gotten to see it because none of his fights have lasted past the first round. That's what I was about to say too.
2: Like you don't, we don't know if he could sprawl. We don't know, how if he got good underhooks and you know what. All we see is him sleeping people. The longest fight he had since Derek Lewis has been a minute. In 11 seconds. I can't really tell you much from that. He's got a total time of fighting in the octagon since then is like two and a half minutes. Not even around. Two and a half minutes total out of one, two, four fights. I
1: can't tell you much about that. that, That's where the question comes to play. Is it form or is it function? Because I think it's just the fact that these guys no one can survive that long. Like once he hit once he hits them, it's just like, what are you gonna do? It's not a it's not a fact of like, because um, look, they don't get paid for overtime. No. You, you know, in fact you make you make less money the longer you fight. The longer the fight goes, the chances of you making money drops down. So I don't see any reason to try and get rounds in outside of uh sparring in in the gym once you're in the cage and I think this this new Francis man this uh, that after that loss to Steve and Derek has kind of reinvigorated him and he's his killer instinct still looks to be the top in the heavyweight division. Once he hurts a guy it's over. Like he, he puts him away quickly. Now his technique ain't pretty yeah we've seen that with Rosenstroop
2: that shit was that Wilder. looked like bruh. He made Deontay Wilder look
1: like Floyd. <laughs> that shit was fucking, he was not, he was like Bro. for real doing like windmill type shit. I was like, what what but however Art Simpson Once he when he connects the lights, yeah, yeah. Go out, the lights go out. So it's arguably do you really need technically it's, that I saw a meme. I mean,
2: I'll be Captain Obvious with this one. It's either going to be the same as the last fight or Francis is going to put Stipe away.
0: I see. Um, here's, here's what
2: I see. I see Francis getting the win. Oh, now listen. Now, going forward, though, whoever wins this fight is going to have a great opportunity in front of them to move on into greatness. Is there uh, John Jones awaits? Yeah, because if Stipe could get past Francis and he goes and beats John Jones, what does that make him? Will he still be the guy that's always the underdog, or will he actually start getting the credit that he deserves for being this great champion?
1: Sadly, for Stipe, he won't because he's. This is the end of his career too. Like Stipe is what pushing that 40. He's knocking on the door 40. And if you're not getting the respect you deserve now as the champion and being touted as a favorite, when is he going to get it? Like, if you're not getting it, he's not a favorite against Donald. In fact, Francis is almost a 3-1 to favorite in this fight. Again? Again.
0: Wow. Again. Yeah. No respect. No respect.
2: You know, now, you, Francis, though, him against John Jones?
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh my goodness. Listen, I, I I see I see Francis beating Stepe and here's why. For the reasons that I alluded to earlier, he gassed in the first fight, in the first round, and Steve wasn't able to put him away. If that's the case, if he's just that tough to where he's like just not finishable, apparently. Then I, I see I don't see a I don't see a win for Steve I think that uh, yeah, while he may be able to, if he can get him to the ground and keep him on the ground like he did in the first fight, maybe. But damn, he has to. He had I, I've seen, Steve, uh Francis's anti takedown defense. His answers to that have been um, been pretty fucking good, because Kane had impressed. Up against the fence and we saw how that went he knocked Kane out with an uppercut and then when Curtis Blades tried to shoot in well he didn't try to shoot on him he tried to engage in some Greco Roman like to get uh, top grappling he ate an overhand right and was put to sleep if you get close enough to Francis to wrestle him you got to deal with his power so you got you can't just ankle dive and try to get him to the ground Stipe had success because he was able to uh, piece, piece, him up a little bit on the feet before engaging with grappling. He was doing really well with that. Um, I rewatched that fight a couple times this week, and man, I, I this is the, Stipe had a lot of near misses as well, where he could have been out of there. So I'm, 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 I'm going I got a second round KO, Francis. Um, I yeah, think he a lot of time to train too for this one. He does, and he's not definitely not going to take A lightly
2: this time. He's, he's so, probably pretty focused.
1: Yeah. I see this going the same way I saw Jones versus Gustafson too. Whereas in the first fight with Gustafsson, Jones took him, he didn't take Gustafsson seriously, and that ended up being a complete war that sent both guys to the hospital. The same thing happened with A and Francis the first fight, Francis didn't take A seriously. War... Both guys, hospital rematch. Jones, TKO's, Gustafson in the second round. I see the same result for Francis
0: and new heavyweight champion.
1: I do think Stipe is going to be uh, game enough and guile enough to survive the first round. But I don't think Francis's, um game plan... Especially with Kamaro Uzman in this corner. I don't think his game plan is gonna be go balls to the wall, first round, get a finish. I don't think that's gonna be the plan. I think they're gonna figure out a way to keep it standing, keep it keep some, keep a good distance, good pace, work some jabs, and then go for power win. It presents itself. It should be a good one. And like you said, the winner, John Jones waits, so. He got his quarter up on the desk. He's ready. he's next.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that one. Woo! Whoever's fighting John Jones. That's going to be... Oh,
0: man.
1: Should be a good one. Look, we also got a lot of fight announcements this week. Oh, yeah. Some good We're not ones. Done yet. Yeah, we got um, some bantamweight action. Some fights announced. We got some lightweight action. The fight's announced. We got a lot, man. What's that, yeah. man you wanna move let's for the? A,
2: let's run through those fight announcements fairly quick, and then yeah. let's talk a lot about the vacant lightweight title. I like it. All right, so we got Garbrandt versus a uh, Font. That's gonna be a nice boxing match.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I'm excited for. Both Bob of them Bob. got hands. Oh yeah, it's hard. If, to me. I think Font might be a little bit more slick. Like he might be a better boxer purely, but damn, his power though. he has that power, so it's man, it's, it should be it should be a good one. I'm excited for that one for
2: real. The one I want to see though is uh, the next one, the Sanhagen versus Dillashaw.
1: TJ Killershaw is back, boys.
2: Back off the EPO and ready to throw. Him. I'm ready, maybe. I mean, he, he had what two years out, right? Yep. Yeah. That them two years flew by. You could cancel one of them years basically because of COVID. I mean, no action. I mean he didn't have any
1: action in the octagon, but he had time to work on skills.
2: For yeah, COVID like cut out like majority of people's stuff, so you might as well say he was just out for like one year, and then COVID just messed up everybody, if you think about it. Pretty much. Pretty but, much. Uh, there's a little story of uh, some training of them two in the gym where Dillashaw was a bully, and Sanhagen didn't like that. So when <laughs> they were training together, Sanhagen would uh, get the best of it. Ooh. I don't know Ooh. how true
0: that
1: is, but uh. even if it, even if it's a hundred percent true, I put zero stock into what a guy does in the gym. Oh, um yeah. I don't I don't. We we've seen so many times where guys will leak footage of getting the best of a guy in a gym and then they go into the cage and they get like worked. Cause it's it's not the same thing. Like when you're in the gym, you're comfortable. No one just no eyes on you. You can you know the other guy might not be taking it as serious. The other guy might be just trying to work on technique while you're going balls to the wall. So it's hard to tell if you're getting a hundred percent effort. And now back in the day where you um those guys from Shooto Box where they were basically just like fight in a it would be a fight basically in sparring like. It wasn't a sparring match. It was just a straight up brawl. Even then, you're not. There's some guys who are just really good in the gym and they can't transfer it to the big show. So I don't put too much stock into that. I like. I mean, I'm to, in this matchup. I'm leaning Dillashaw. Oh
0: man, I don't know. I'm leaning Dillashaw. Sending one's oh, good though. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, it's, man, It's like the old
2: guard versus the young guard, even though Dillashaw's not that old, but Sanhagen, he's a young man on the, the rise right now.
1: Hmm. He's man. another, he's, and he's a really tall Bantamweight as well. He's another one that's tall and lanky for the Bantamweight division, similar to Sean O'Malley. Um Except, I think after that uh, Aljamain Sterling loss, Corey Sandhagen has turned it up a lot. Like he's he looks hungry and ready to kill. I don't I don't know if um we had, we, had, we just haven't seen TJ, but the TJ that we saw before him killing himself to fight Henry Cejudo and the, all the EPO shit, TJ was a motherfucker, bro. Oh
2: yeah, I mean. That fight with uh Dominic Cruz that he lost the title, and that was that was really close. Mm-hmm. They could have went either way. hmm And then when he fought uh Cody for the belt. He was losing that round. The first round. I think he finished him in the second round, knockout, right? Yep. Then in the second fight, he just same thing. Just beat him, knockout. So He's good, but we'll see. We'll see if the 2 years out if he has that ring rust.
1: I'm thinking it's going to have the opposite effect. I think I think that the 2 years off will give him time to just I'm I know that I know that especially when you have a guy that gets accused of cheating or gets caught cheating, it has uh negative effects on obviously public perception, but it also to them They have to go out and prove they can win after those allegations, after those findings. They got to prove that. Look, my career wasn't a fucking fluke. My career wasn't just me sticking a needle in my ass. So I think having those two years off probably lit a fire under TJ. And that's why I went with TJ in my pick. Not necessarily that I think that he's a better fighter than Corey Sanhagen. But sometimes having that edge of having to prove yourself is enough to get it done in one fight. Now if they fought 10 times, my my pick would probably be different all 10 times. But this this one fight, I think that um we're going to see obviously um a very hungry, very motivated TJ and I think that uh will spell for a fireworks, so. We'll see who comes out on the end of the, the other end of that. Yeah, those How fights
2: don't come around till May, so. Got it. we got
1: some time. We got yeah. some time.
2: And uh, up next, we got uh, Tony Ferguson versus uh, Benil Dariush.
1: Woo! El Kakuli back in the mix and Benil Dariush. Look, the last time I saw Benil compete, uh, he took on the Jakar Close in what was a that was a barn burner, man. That was a crazy, crazy war. And there was a time there was a time where I thought in that fight where I thought Benal was going to sleep. Like he was hurt. He was badly hurt. And backing up and then pulled off a insane turnaround knockout victory in his own right. When he knocked out Jakar close. So I expect nothing short of absolute fireworks in this one. Look. Yeah, he's game. He's real game. And Tony coming off two losses. I mean, he got the loss to um, well, his most recent loss was to Charlie Olives and he also lost It's not like he's losing the script. It's not, it's not it's
2: not that. But they were that. They were kind of brutal, especially the Gaethje one. Yeah, he was dominated the whole thing.
1: Both of them, yeah. But Tony's it's Tony, to, to him. Tony's tough, though, man. And Tony's alt. One thing about Tony that you, uh, those gritty fighters have to watch out for. If you're kind of blood and guts type fighter, where you're, it's gonna be tit for tat. You take my shots, I take your shots, and we see who comes out on the other side. Tony usually leaves those guys. He puts him in a blender. Like he makes they have a they end up looking pretty bad on the other end.
2: Yeah, car accident victim.
1: Yeah, and I'm 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 expecting that thing. But now might be uh, biting off a little bit more than he can chew. <laughs> I think Tony's gonna uh, cut him up pretty bad, man. I mean, obviously, Banal has a shot. He has wrestling credentials. He has knockout power in his hands. Obviously. So he has a shot, but I'm, I'm going to be leaning Tony in this one. I'm going to be going with Elk Cooey. I'm, I'm leaning that
2: way too. The boogeyman going to get him. Yeah.
1: I think Tony's one of those guys that he loves fighting. So it's not going to be like a, a loss doesn't deter him as much as some of the other guys that have. Title aspirations where they'll they'll lose and they may start to lose a little bit of confidence and then continue to lose. I think Tony's one of those guys where he's crazy and like for him the fight itself is what he gets up for. So, like you said, that even though he is on the two fight losing streak, they were against two of the best guys in the world in Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira.
2: I mean, if you look at his body of work before that. Man, Very impressive streak. Very, very fucking impressive.
1: And speaking of um, Justin Gaethje, what's up? Uh, Why does this man not have a fight lined up when everyone around
2: him... He's the odd man out of the dance. Seriously.
1: My man's got his back on the wall with his dick in his hand. And everybody else is getting they getting the title shot. Like when we got a newcomer, Michael Chandler comes in, knocks yeah. out Dan Hooker, and he gets a fucking title shot. I mean, yeah. Charles Oliveira, he deserves it. He definitely deserves it. He deserves it because he beat the who's who. He's been around for a long time. We watched this dude grow up in the octagon. Yep, he deserves a title shot. Um, and obviously, we see Dustin Poirier is shooting for that red panty night. Oh, yeah, he made a uh, business decision. Yeah, man. I mean, look. As much as the gold is pretty, and being a champion is what most people want to get once they join. At the end of it all, prize fighters, what you fighting for? Money. I think. So, I, I think I know why. Take the money, bro.
2: Always He's take the, the money. Uh, Gaethje. I think I know why he's the odd man out. Why is that? He's definitely going to be the backup guy for one of those two fights between Poirier and McGregor and Chandler and Oliveira. He's definitely the backup guy for one of those.
1: Definitely. This is, I, would, I really want to see Chandler versus Gaethje. No disrespect to Charlie Olives, to Mr. Oliveira, but I want to see Chandler Gaethje so bad. So I would um, listen. I'm never going to cheer for injury. I hope everybody makes it to fight night healthy, and we get to see the scraps that get announced. But damn, I, I did want to see that one. That would Tell be telling he's the backup. He's the backup. Well, lightweight division, division is is deep. So and stock full of talent. There's, I mean, if you can't you, you can't find a dance partner, it's because you need a pissed off management. Or everybody's ducking you. Uh,
0: that 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 happens.
1: <laughs> that happens. I don't see anybody like rushing to the fucking podium to fight Gaethje. But same time, you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best. I think Tony Ferguson would be the one to
2: uh, try to get that one back. Oh, for sure. everybody, like, hey, hey,
1: sign me up. You know, that man has no Kool-Aid in his blood, bro. He, he he's not he's no he's not a diva at all. Like he'll fight whoever.
2: How did this Paul Felder cannot... get pushed down so far? What's that? Paul Felder, like how did he get pushed down so far in the rankings?
1: Well, he lost. Uh, he went on a little streak, man, of losing. I he he,
2: was he
0: was. Huh? I
2: thought he was higher than where he was. Oh, yeah, he is on a little losing streak right now. Yeah, he went... He
0: had a war with Dan Hooker where he lost that one. That was a war. And then, you know, obviously he had, a pre, he had the previous results to that before that, so...
1: I like him. I love... I, I think he's a good fighter, for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously he's a good fighter. He's fighting in the fucking UFC, but... I like him on the mic. He's a commentator a lot, so even though, on it. Yeah, and it's not as easy as just plugging in a fighter and making and, and making him a commentator. Like some of those guys, fucking suck.
3: Here are.
0: On what's up? Does RDA got a fight coming up? I don't think so.
2: that one, he might be the backup for McGregor and Poirier. Ooh. RDA back in the mix at lightweight? Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, just fought Paul Felder
0: back in November. Yeah, I think like lightweight might be a better fit. Yeah, those oh, guys in R- 70 were too big for him. Yeah. think that might be a better
2: fit. Um, yeah, that's, that'd, be, that'd be good. That'd be good. Oh, and uh, Misha Tate came out of retirement today. Cupcake! Misha Cupcakes! I
0: wonder why. Hey, man, there's not
2: a lot of contenders for Amanda Nunez. She's the one who
1: she beat for the belt, though. I know, but the fact that there's not many contenders means that she can get a title shot pretty easily. <laughs> so, look, when we get a chance to f- compete for the gold, you gotta f- you gotta take it. Like, okay, if you lose, so you lost to the champion, but if you win, she might uh,
0: she might fight at flyweight.
2: No, she's, not that? Fighting. she's fighting at uh, bantamweight. I'm
1: about to say, why would you say that? She's Misha's not small. She's not. I don't think she can get that get down that low.
2: Just because there was no uh, flyweight when she was uh, the champion at bantamweight. Okay, That's she retired fair. after that, right? That was her last fight.
1: Hmm.
2: With, uh Amanda Nunes,
1: Misha? I, I think she fought Holly Holm after that.
2: No, she fought Holly Holm before that and won the title. True, 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 true. And then she fought uh,
1: Amanda Nunes at uh, UFC 200. I, th- I think that might have been her last one then. I, I remember her fighting in close succession, Amanda and Holly. So mm-hmm. you, I think I think you got that order
2: right. And then, well, in the band and weight division for Amanda, she's already beat Jermaine. She already beat Holly. There's... Aspen ladd and then uh Irene Aldana. but Aldana just lost to Holly Home recently, so that pushed her back but then you got uh Juliana Pena she mm-hmm. got a, a, a wrestling promo almost when she was on uh talking to Ariel like she yeah. went she went nuts like straight up, and it no. was it was all. Serious. It was it wasn't no act. She meant everything she said. So I think the UFC might move her up to fight Amanda next since uh I think she was gonna fight Holly and then Holly got hurt or something. She's sick with something. So I can see
0: that one happening. I'm down.
1: I'm about it. Put me in there. Sign me up. Prove me in princess Give me I give me some of that. Put her in there. I want. I'd see. look. Um, Amanda's kind of running out of contenders, bro. Like, and to me, I feel like let her clean the division out. Let her cl- if. if um, look, if she wants a shot, and if, obviously there's no one else, give her a shot. Well, they're gonna see? have a sign-up sheet. Like, who wants to fight Amanda next? <laughs> I saw uh, a funny ass tweet when they were just like. Sign like, basically, they had Amanda, like, getting her ready for dudes. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, it might, be, it might be a little bit too far, obviously, but it was funny. It was fucking funny. Because she is running out of girls. I mean, there's not that many girls in the division. And it was the same case, the same was the case when Ronda Rousey was champion. There wasn't a, you were, in, girls were fighting out of their weight class just for a chance to be champion because there's not a lot of people to fill that roster and women's MMA is relatively new compared to the men's division. So we give it, I think with time there'll be more athletes and then obviously Amanda having this platform, Ronda Rousey having that platform has spread the um, attention. So there's females that are going to come up now that want to compete And we'll have the opportunity to compete, but it's just not there yet. You just need time, man. That's all. I mean, I think it's gonna be good. And look, I like. I don't. I don't see it as. um, I don't see it as a bad thing when you have a big fish, small pond, because for a longest time in the men's division, it was that way. Like we saw when there were eras of the men's division, like even the men's heavyweight, where. Dude, like, there was nobody there. And to be champion, you just had to win a couple fights and then you got a title shot. All you needed was two and you was next in line for a title. Right. And now I look at heavyweight. It's deep. <clears throat> deep as hell now. But it just takes time, man. It's, it's hard to find athletes that are that big um, for heavyweight men. That's why you don't see dude, the guys that are that big that are athletic and, um, I guess... Physically dominant they're playing football or hockey or basketball. they're not fighting in a cage And you know the, the other the, the other group left over they're boxing
0: so yeah, women's
1: MMA hasn't been around as long as uh, people think, so no, and there's not that many you don't have a, a big pool, to pull a pool f- from females that are that big because because about. Like you wait, so you're talking about um the women's division at Bantamweight. weight. That's 145, right? 35. 135? What's what's the next level up? Is that light flyweight? Featherweight. Feather. So feather Correct. One for, or featherweight division. You you had to assume if 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 the featherweight division is anywhere near the men's division, and I would assume it has to be a worse, a worse discrepancy as far as weight is concerned. Because of how um, our biology is, like it's harder for women to just cut weight to cut water. It's hard. Like a man can, the men's division. You see guys walking around with three percent and four percent body fat, and that's no big deal. That's dangerous for a woman to get to that low, low body, body fat percentage. She, you can, they, you're talking about like they, they can be literally dead, sitting like it'll be on death's door, if not dead. Um, so I would imagine the weight cutting. Has to be a little bit of a bigger gap. So if a female athlete is competing at 145 pounds, you're talking about probably a 170 pound girl. There's just not a lot of girls that are athletic and in the, I mean, for, in the pool of fighting for 170 pounds, you not got don't have a big pool of that right now. Speaking of featherweights, what's going on with uh, Zabit
2: Magomedshibarov?
1: For a long time, he was chasing that. Uh, what's, uh, what's the uh, really good Mexican karate star? Yair. Yair Rodriguez? He's been chasing was, that fight for years. I understand COVID and everything, but that was Fight Island. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's um, finally given that up. They won that for, for so long, and he's going to just start chasing other top contenders because... Um, obviously, there was a lot of uh, words, and that fight got booked, and then canceled, and then booked, and then it's, I guess that's the same as Khabib versus um, Tony Ferguson, where it just, it's just that fight just won't happen. We can't get it. At least you know, not outside of UFC video game,
0: we won't be able to get that fight. So yeah, it has been
1: out of action for a while, but he's another one that's. Um, Very interesting. Very long rangey. I don't understand how he's still ranked number three.
2: Well, he hasn't
0: fought. Exactly. Hard
1: hard to move. I mean, how you gonna move him? He hasn't lost. He's looked good when he has competed, and like it's not.
2: You got all these other guys
3: fighting.
0: Yeah,
3: that's a tough one.
0: It is.
2: That's a good fight if they do make it happen. It's a beat against Yair.
1: It was one, It was the same, the same matchup that we wanted with Tony versus um, Khabib that we didn't get for, forever in the lightweight division. That fight um, we were talking about that fight three years ago, man. <laughs> yeah. And it never came to fruition. So who knows if it ever will.
0: But I I think, I think he's a be definitely I mean he definitely he deserves a top guy to be com be competing for the title. He has the skill set and he has the resume. I mean, I mean he flyweights. This is this is that's a really deep division. I just, I just thought about
2: it, jeez. Man, that's that thing's loaded. What featherweight? Yeah. Yeah, they got they got They got a good solid top ten. I said weight, but I meant featherweight. Yeah, I knew what you meant. (laughs) Yeah, I got crossed up between the ladies.
1: This, I mean, Aspen Lab. We didn't talk about her, but she had um a pretty good run. But then I think wasn't it Jermaine Jermaine Demanded me that got her. Yeah, she had a bad weight cut. Yo. that's another thing we should we could talk about. The the one chick passed out on the scale, bro. Oh, they picked her up
2: to help her weigh in some more. Like again, like they try I mean, to have her weigh in again. Like what kind of nonsense is that?
1: Now you see what I mean about this weight cutting bullshit. Yep, I'm telling you, bro. You gotta find a way to get this out of the sport, man. It's not good. It's it's not good for it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the athletes. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for anything. The only thing it's good for is having bigger fighters compete at a small weight class. Smaller weight class. All it's good for. You sanctioned cheating, bro. At do- add the
2: 1 add FC rules or something. A hydration tests and everything. Yeah. But then it they'll just shuffle around all the divisions.
1: That's fine.
2: But they're gonna to have to add more divisions for the weight. But I'm fine with that too. Yeah. The, only, the only true constant
0: in life is change. So gotta, gotta change something.
1: That'll wrap up um this week's episode of Ashley Knuckles Podcast, the podcast. By MMA fans for MMA fans, Um Mo, you got any closing thoughts? Uh,
2: I'm just a excited dude waiting for this weekend's results. Oh man, I've been waiting for this rematch for a long time. So I really hope John Jones is there, and he like walks into the uh, cage, and they do it
1: old school style. Ooh, you know what? Well, you know he he. I'm pretty sure he'll be in attendance. Given that Khabib was at Fight Night for Holland and Brunson, well, he was just chilling out there, right? He was just chilling, but he was talking. Kevin Holland was talking to him. Yeah, I want to see it. I hope John Jones is there, and I want to see this heavyweight thing. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be probably sauced up pretty early, but um, by the time main event comes, I hope I'm coherent enough to enjoy it. I think it's going I don't think it's gonna last past two rounds though, so I think I'll be in for a, a, a nice quick night. And on that note, we can zip
0: it up and zip it out. I'll let you boy.
3: Oh, Craig. <laughs>